Welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church. No matter where you are on life's journey, no matter what you believe or doubt, no matter how much or how little you have, no matter your race, gender, or immigration status, and no matter whom you love, you are beloved, belong, and are welcome. We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth, God doesn't. So friends, welcome. Good morning, church. Good morning. Welcome to Edmonds United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Ann Jacob. And my name is Angela Malloy, and we are delighted that you are with us this morning in person and online. Would you turn and wave to our friends um, at home? Hello, friends. We're with you. We are excited to be celebrating an Easter tide together with Hunja Choi. I only get to do that. I only get to do this today, and then I don't. So I get to <laughs> revel in it. Um, today, if you're joining us for the first time or the hundredth time, we invite you to connect with us through our Connect card. It's a physical card in the pew, as well as a QR code in the bulletin. And in particular, if you have prayer concerns, we'll invite you to share those with us through uh, the QR code. And if you'll be sending a, a child to Sunday school and haven't registered them for the year, we'll invite you to fill out the Connect card and hand it to Deacon Aaron so that she knows who to return uh, the child to. Uh, today, Pastor Donna and about 60 uh, women or so are up in Stanwood at Warm Beach Camp as they wrap up the women's retreat. And so uh, we are uh, asynchronous in our worshiping this morning, but excited that there are a group of them up there and there are those of us here and online joining. And so friends, will you rise in body or spirit for our call to worship? Holy One, you have many names, and today we call forth the names we need. Imaginative spirit, unfolding possibility, emerging life, playful wisdom, liberative troublemaker, wild and compassionate God. Surprise us with signs and wonders in a growing world. Swell with us as we make waves towards, liber towards collective freedom. And now, friends, as we gather on the ancestral lands of the Coast Salish people, let us reconcile our hearts towards God and one another with the passing of the peace. We invite you in the next few moments to greet one another with signs that you're both comfortable with, a hug or a fist bump, uh, perhaps a wave. And friends at home, know that you are not alone. We are here with you. So we invite you to call or text a friend and to pass the peace with them. The peace of Christ be with you all. And, and also, also with you. Peace be with you.
It is at this time I invite any young folks with us to come forward for a moment with me. Good morning, friends. Do we have any others back there? Aria, you want to come up? All right, friends, good morning. It's so good to have you. And good morning, friends online. I wanted to talk a little bit today about feelings. Do you guys ever have feelings? Sometimes, I hope so. Life be pretty boring without all feelings, right? Here, can you come sit down here by the book? Ready? Come on, come on. Thank you, love. We try. So I wanted to read a little bit of this book by Amanda Flynn because I think it's such a great poem. And then I would love your help. Can you guys help me to think of a few feelings? Are you ready? Okay, so. Inside out and outside in, God made our bodies, gave us skin. Mm -hmm. God made our minds, our feelings too. God made me and God made you. Very good, very good. We're all so different and unique, the way we dress and how we speak. We have feelings, big and small. God cares for them and made them all. So the rest of this book gives us some Bible verses about our feelings. So I was wondering, and I wrote them in this book for you guys to take. I was wondering if we could try to, to guess a couple feelings that God made for us. What do you think, Liam? Tired, that's such a great feeling. Can you guys show me tired? Oh yeah, right? <laughs> the first service was really good at that too. So when we're tired, let's see. We've got that one in here. There's a psalm for that. When we're sleepy, nodding head, yawning because it's time for bed, snuggly prayers and kisses too, God says, child, I love you. And in Psalm 4, 8, it says, in peace I will lay down and sleep. For you, Lord, make me safe. Oh, I could use that for my nap this afternoon. What's another feeling you guys have? Sad. Yeah, can you show me sad? It's okay to be sad, right? Sometimes. Little by little we get better, don't we? Well, Psalm 145 says that the Lord is near to all who call on God. That helps me when I'm feeling sad to know that God is near me. Can we do one more? What's another feeling we might have? Happy. That's a wonderful feeling. When we are happy, Psalm 60, 
8 says, Be glad and rejoice before God. Be happy and joyful. God made all of our feelings, and it's important that we feel them. And God is love. That's another verse that we hear today. And when we look around our sanctuary, when we see all these beautiful faces and all these different people, we get to see God's love in each other and in our banners and in our symbols. And when we're here and when we go out from here, we know that God brings us all of our feelings, but especially love. And when we feel that, it's easier for us to shine and share that with others, right? So I hope these feeling books and the Bible verses with them help you to feel all your feelings so that you can be the amazing person God made you to be, just as you are. Will you pray with me? Yeah. All right. Dear God, we thank you for the sunshine, for our friends, our families, and our church. God, we thank you for all our feelings so that we might know the life you came to give us and that we may live to be the amazing person you made. Amen. All right, let's go get ready to learn more in Sunday school. So today we have a ministry moment from our racial justice team uh, to share a little bit more about the installation you see on the street with red dresses hanging from hooks. And so I'll invite Diana Nielsen to come up and offer a few words, giving us context for why this installation is on our property for the week. Good morning, friends. This is our second year of displaying red dresses <clears throat> as part of the Red Dress Project, which was begun in Canada. On May 5th, throughout our two countries, dresses are displayed in remembrance of missing and murdered Indigenous women. I'm guessing many of you have never heard of this problem. But in our country, a Native American woman is, is more likely to die by murder than white women are. And so on this day, on this week, we remember the hundreds of years that Native American women have been invisible, have been mistreated. And recently, as this issue has become more well-known, we've begun to be aware in the Racial Justice Committee as to the issue in our own state. In 2016, which was the last time statistics were gathered on this, the city of Seattle was 
the number one city in this country for missing and murdered women. I hope you find that really astounding because I was shocked. And the state of Washington ranked second in numbers for states. However, I'm very pleased to say that that is starting to change. Within the last year, there's been some important progress. There's still much to come. But uh, an emergency alert system was in, enacted last year. There were 56 of those alerts. Out of that, most were found alive, and for that we are grateful. Six are still unlocated, and sadly, two um, were found murdered. And so there's still much to do, and I'm grateful that our Attorney General has, um, is starting an effort to establish a cold case unit in his office in order to open up old cases that were never, ever followed up on, which has been the case for so many years. And so I think it's important for all of us to know this about our neighbors. They are part of our community as well. May we hold them in our hearts and in our prayers, and may we be mindful of those women who've gone missing from their own families. Thank you.
Our gospel lesson today is a story that is probably familiar of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Some two fish and five loaves later, the feeding of the 5,000 is the only one of Jesus' miracles that is recounted in all four of the synoptic gospels. In Matthew and Mark, the story of the feeding of the 5,000 comes after the death of John the Baptist, Game of Thrones style, at the orders of Herod. Luke and John skip over the beheading and go right to intervals of Jesus's ministry. Yet it is significant that all four of the gospel accounts share this story, giving us context for Jesus's proximity to loss and suffering and his priority in tending to himself and to his neighbors. At the crux of this story is Jesus' statement that there is no need to send them away, and rather we need to tend to them. Let us now listen as Dick reads the scripture for us. Good morning, my name is Dick Gibson. Don't get up. Good morning. When I arrived to read the scripture, there was the paper with the scripture on it had disappeared. And there may notice around there is no Bible to read from, book to read from. And I thought I could make up my own story. And I could read whatever I want. Say whatever I want. Oh, I can't do that with Anne. <laughs> but I can say that this scripture passage was one of the foundational passages for my ministry in my life, especially as we started the food bank in Mount Lake Terrace in 1971, and I stood alongside Carol Rowe and Peggy Kennedy from this congregation as we fed hundreds of people each week. Listen for God's word, and I would ask you to stand as I read from Matthew chapter 14, those of you who have a Bible to look at, chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. Thanks to Aaron, by the way, I got something to read from. It's small print, though, so if I make a mistake, it's not my fault. Seriously, this is an important story. <laughs> Anne will tell us all about it. When Jesus heard about John, he withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. When the crowds heard this, they followed Jesus on foot from other cities. When Jesus arrived in the quiet place and saw this large crowd, he had compassion for them and healed those who were sick. That evening, his disciples came to him and said, this is an isolated place. It's getting late. 
send those crowds away so they can go into their own village and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to the disciples, you give them something to eat. They looked at Jesus and said, we have nothing to give them. Nothing. Oh, well, there are five loaves and two fish. Jesus said, bring that food to me. And he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves of bread and the two fish. He looked to heaven, blessed the food, and broke the loaves apart and gave them to his disciples. Then the disciples gave them to the crowds. Everyone ate until they were full. And then the disciples filled 12 baskets with leftovers. There were about 5,000 men plus women and children who had eaten. The word of God in scripture, the word of God among us, the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Please join in singing our hymn of preparation. unrelated because we are live streaming a very happy birthday to my very first and best friends in life my sisters Susan and Nelson who are celebrating uh, I think I can share 36 years of life 36 years and um, I was born three days before their birthday uh, later in life when they were five and uh, they were unimpressed because they, my parents had regrettably asked them what kind of sibling they wanted. 
and they said, a brother, and then I arrived and I was not. <laughs> and I also ruined their birthday because my mom was in the hospital giving birth. And so anyway, happy birthday, Susan and Nelson. So glad that you can join us online. Friends, let us pray. In the name of the one who waited in the waters of Mary's womb, walked the way of suffering as one of the women born, and woke from the grasp of death in the deep darkness of the morning. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The sermon is really a vignette in three parts. And it's certainly a mode of a sermon that I usually don't take on, which is it's a very pastoral sermon. It is neither teaching nor prophetic. <laughs> and so I hope you receive it in the spirit of uh, tending to our community and our space that we exist in. There are three parts of this vignette. God's dream for us, God's love, which is a gift for all of us, and God's unrelenting hope of another way. So let's start with God's dream for us. Have you ever had leftovers? Yes, the chuckles tell me it is a yes. I just got back from uh, the women's retreat this morning at like 1 a.m. Uh, as I was driving down from Stanwood where about 60 of our congregants are up there for the weekend. And at this camp, there are two other groups that are also there this weekend. A very large group of fifth grade boys <laughs> and a family camp of intergenerational folk, kids and parents and grandparents, two substantial groups, and our Edmonds UMC women's retreat. At breakfast and lunch and dinner, we would get into the food line, and there would always be a curiosity of whether there would be enough food for all of us. Folks would say, we better get in line before those fifth grade boys or else. Certainly, as we would stand in line, a few would wonder, will they have enough to feed this entire camp for the weekend? And surely enough, meal after meal, there was plenty left over. Sometimes, friends, we wonder if there is enough. A sense of scarcity and uncertainty can keep us from living God's dream for us. Part two, God's gift of love, which is for all of us. In the last two weeks, we have had a few things happen in our community, and you are probably aware of it. We had a hate-filled flyer put on congregants' cars a few weeks ago after uh, morning service, we had a 13-year-old boy in our community who was shot and survived a drive-by shooting. And it would really make sense, and no one would fault us, if we looked inward and lived in a sense of fear and a loss of safety. But so many in this community chose to side with love. 
And so this past Tuesday, we held a vigil called We Side With Love. And so many of you came and many, many, many folks from Bellingham down to Bellevue and Kirkland down to Seattle drove up to be present in person for this vigil. It took a lot of planning over the course of two weeks to prepare and curate and create a sacred space where folks could gather. And whenever there was a need, be it for posters or security personnel or speakers or music and so many more things, our community would step up and say, I've got it, I'll take care of it. God made a way. The entire process to me felt fairly energizing and miraculous because it was evident to me that this is a community that is led by an intersectional commitment to love. In the midst of all of the vigil preparations over the last two weeks, our community and our larger Edmonds community raised over $11,000 to help the 13-year-old boy and his family tend to a long process of healing and recovery. Sometimes we wonder, is there enough? Enough time, enough resources, enough love to go around? Yet in God's economy, friends, no amount of violence or hatred or mass shootings or bureaucracy can subdue our revolutionary ethic of love and hope. And so part three, God's unrelenting hope of another way. This week, so many of you reached out to me about Hunja's visa process. So many, so that it clogged my inbox. <laughs> and I cannot respond to each of you individually, so I'm just going to preach about it. And that way, you all get the information at the same time. Some of you have known our dear Hunja for eight years, as she was our organist. Others of you met her for the first time last Sunday and were so moved by her music that you said, can we keep her? <laughs> can we have her stay? The beauty of Hunja is that her talent and treasure and gift of music is not really what makes her an organist in our community. It is her love of beloved community, it is her luminous spirit that really when I feel and hear her playing, I feel like she's feeding 5,000 people. I told Pastor Donna on Thursday that the unique quality of Hunja's ministry here at Edmonds UMC is that she's not just an organist who shows up on a Sunday to play and on a Wednesday to rehearse with the choir, but she visits folks at the hospital. She goes to their care homes. She tends to children and their family and gives them a sense of belonging. She cares for so many of us at various stages in our lives. I jokingly said a truth on Thursday, which was that in her two weeks here with us, Hunja visited more congregants 
than all three clergy on staff combined. But that is her very ethos of ministry. And when I first arrived here at Edmonds UMC, I had a very quick observation, and that is that Hunja really was and continues to be, in some ways, our third pastor. So many of you have felt the despair and loss of COVID, and this long process of figuring out her visa has been just another layer of grief and unexpected loss. And so in response to your emails, dear, dear, dear beloved congregation, Hunja and Julia Eckberg and Sue Dixon and I went to Seattle on Friday to meet with an immigration attorney to figure out what it might take for us to bring Hunja back. And it was a really illuminating process with this attorney to hear her name for us, both the time it would take, the monetary resources it would take, and also for us to know what the process would look like for her to come back. We left that meeting feeling really optimistic that this process could come to a very fruitful ending and that in our way we could work towards getting Hunja back another time. Now, Hunja wants to be back in this community is what I have learned in these last two weeks. And what I have heard from all of you is that you would like for her to be here too. And so in order to ensure that we don't live in an economy of scarcity, and in order to live in God's kingdom where we have about 12 baskets left over, here's what we could use from you. I'll invite your prayers, your daily prayers for Hunja, for this process. God bless this immigration attorney. We pray for her, for her wisdom and diligence. I'll invite your financial support as we pay legal fees uh, to this attorney who's taking the case on and to make sure that we can see it through all the way to the end. And grace for yourself and for one another. We have weathered a really challenging four years together. COVID provided a communal experience of loss, whether it's a loved one, a friend, a relationship, a loss of time, a loss of clarity of life. There are so many losses that everyone experienced and this might just feel like another loss in a long list of losses. And so I'll invite you to have grace with yourself to know that this road has been hard. And certainly we hope that together we can hold one another in it. And grace for one another for when we're grumpy and thorny, because gosh, maybe we are all having a hard time with different things. The lawyer was clear that Hunja can come back to the US periodically for short visits through her visa process, and that in the last six months of it, while they process her green card, she cannot return while they're in that phase. And so we're hopeful that between now and when she returns, that she might be an organist for us during Advent or Lent, when we have peak seasons in need of organist, 
or other times where she might come and tend to and you might tend to one another. And so this isn't really a goodbye or a farewell. It's a more of a, we'll see you soon. And I hope that is the spirit in which you receive her postlude at the end. Jesus said, there's no need to send them away. There's no need to send them away. You give them something to eat. Beloved church, may we lean into an unrelenting hope for God to always make a way. May we surrender individual control into collective action that is love, and may we live into God's dream for all of us. May it be so. Amen. God, we come to you this morning aware that so many are suffering beyond what they can bear. Our systems are broken, too often centering whiteness, cis-heteromaleness, and able-bodiedness in the stories we tell and the body-mind spirits we choose to embrace. In the face of hatred and widespread division, 
We come today seeking collective action, committed to amplifying stories from the margins and to siding with love. Because God, that is the ground of our very being, your love for us and your love working through us. Blessed are we loving beyond our limits, loving when it doesn't make sense, loving without any lifetime guarantees, loving when it might break our hearts. We come today with our joy for long-awaited retreats, for sunshine and crisp rain, community resilience, a school year drawing to a close. And we come with our sadness for yet another week marked by climate catastrophes and gun violence, with our fear and righteous anger for the ways your systemically marginalized children continue to be targeted. We come with our regret for the times we fail to live in solidarity because we benefit from and are implicated in one another's oppression. Holy One, you are with us in this messy, complicated mix of emotions, taking on flesh to model for us divine empathy, abundant curiosity, deep listening, and profound vulnerability. Thank you. In the spirit of your empathy and intense compassion, God, we lift to you, our beloveds, with health and prayer concerns. For Roxine, Pat, Floyd, for Judson, Scott, Alan, Margaret, Janet, for Rachel, Donna, Bill, June, Bob, and Cheryl. We pray for Linda, Carolyn Joe, Deborah, David, Howard, Donovan, George, and for all others on our hearts and minds today. Draw close to the brokenhearted and comfort the grieving God, especially Laura and the friends and families of David Danielson and Andrew Hershey. For the stories we need to hear and the work we are called to do together, we ask all this in the name of your Son, our Lord. Amen. Friends, I invite us now into a time of giving. The offering plate will be passed here in the sanctuary, and anyone may always give online at edmundsumc.org forward slash give, or by mailing checks to the church at 828 Casper Street, Edmonds, Washington, 98020. As we consider what the Lord requires of us, and try to listen, learn, and unlearn. May we give with love and generosity.
before you today choosing to side with love. Bless these gifts of time, energy, money, courage, witness, and prayer, and bless those who give them. Help us to give boldly and to love fiercely. Amen. You may be seated. Friends, we invite you to join us in our liturgy of the great thanksgiving. And for those of you joining us online, we invite you to prepare elements that you might have readily available, bread juice, wafer, pancakes, uh, things that you might have nearby for you, for you to partake in, with us later in the liturgy. Friends, the Holy One be with you. And also with you. Open your hearts to the one who is love. We open our hearts to you, O God. Let us give thanks to God who gathers us together. To the one who welcomes us to the table, we give thanks and praise. God, your invitation to come and feast in your presence is but a taste of the love you extend to us every day. By your very nature, you are always seeking us out, searching for ways to connect us and connect with us. 
you meet us in the most ordinary of places, and you make them sacred. By your grace, we come to recognize the holiness that dwells in the world around us, in our neighbors, in our own internal depths. Therefore, we join our voices with your people on earth and all the company of the heavens, singing praise to you. Holy, 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 holy one, God of justice and love, heaven and earth are full of your wonder. Hosanna among us. Blessed, blessed are you, and blessed is your eternal table. You welcome all who thirst for justice and hunger to grow in love. You ask us to extend the same welcome to all our neighbors, but God, since our beginning, we have struggled. And so, in your love for us, you took on flesh in Jesus. Through his life, you pointed to your presence on the margins. You revealed the sacredness in all life. You showed us how to live together, even among forces of destruction. Believing it could transform the world, Jesus proclaimed the good news. He called for the captives to be set free. He spoke of the lowly being lifted up. He talked of the redistributing wealth and eradicating the causes of poverty. His commitment to practicing love knew no bounds, not even the bounds of death. On the night of his arrest, Jesus shared a meal with his companions. He took bread, blessed it, broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the meal, he took the cup blessed it and shared it, saying, this cup that is poured out is the new covenant. And so in remembrance of Christ with us and an assurance of your love persistent, we offer our lives, our ministry, and our church in the service of your healing work as we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ Christ was birthed among us Christ was killed among us. Christ rises again among us. Pour out your spirit on these gifts, O God. Make these ordinary elements into the sacred gift of your presence with us once again. May they awaken us anew to your everlasting invitation into a life of resurrection. Alive in us in our pursuit of a world where all needs are met, Power is balanced and the worth of every creature and creation is celebrated. In collective longing for a taste of your kingdom on earth, we join together in echoing the prayer of Jesus. Eternal Eternal Spirit, earth maker, pain maker, life giver, source of all that is and that shall be, Father and mother of us all, Loving God in whom is heaven, the hallowing of your name echo through the universe, the way of your justice be followed by the peoples of the world. Your heavenly will be done by all created beings. 
your commonwealth of peace and freedom, sustain our hope and come on earth. With the bread we need for today, feed us. In the hurts we absorb from one another, forgive us. In times of temptation and test, strengthen us. From trials too great to endure, spare us. From the grip that is, that is evil, free us. For you reign in the glory of the power that is love, now and forever. Amen. Friends, a few instructions on communion today. Uh, the table is set and all are welcome. Uh, no matter your religious tradition or affiliation, you are welcome to the table. Today we'll be receiving communion through intinction, which means you'll come forward. There'll be two stations of bread and juice up front. We invite you to receive a portion of bread and then dip it into the cup of juice. If you would prefer gluten-free bread, we have that. If you would prefer to receive a blessing instead of partaking in communion today, we invite you to cross your arms over your chest when you arrive up front and uh, the folks who are serving bread will offer you a blessing. Friends, the table is set and all are welcome.
Friends, will you join us in our prayer after communion? God, by the bread of heaven and the cup of life, you make us one body. Bind us together by your spirit that we might live into your hopes for us, a community centered in Christ and rich in compassion, commitment, courage, and care. May it be so. Amen. We have just a couple announcements for you today. First is that we have a new member class uh, today from 2 to 3.30 p.m. Uh, if you're new or newish in our community and exploring whether to be a member, we invite you to come to the class. We'll have it twice in May, uh, and it's an hour and a half long instead of four Sundays for an hour. <laughs> and so uh, we invite you to come today from 2 to 3.30. Deacon Aaron is organizing some childcare options, and so if you have a young one with you, know that that might be an option for you. We also have our Foundry Evening Contemplative Service today at 6 p.m., and so we invite you, if you'd like to be in a space of contemplation and care, to join us today at 6 in person or online. And finally, uh, some of you know that uh, when we received the flyers on the cars, we reported it to Edmonds PD, but after the flyers were also placed on uh, cars in a Lutheran church in Kirkland, uh, the geographic area of that spread, and it uh, is considered a hate crime, and so we re reported it to the FBI, and I have done that three times now, so I'm an expert. <laughs> Something I did not think I'd get a skill set in, but uh, on Friday, I spoke to the special agent in charge of the investigation uh, for this case, and they've kind of... Uh, I exhausted all possibilities for investigating it um, in terms of locating a specific individual or a group. And so uh, in our conversation, we talked about security measures that we've taken uh, in terms of our building and our school. But I want to reassure you that this incident did cause us a, a fair amount um, to reconsider some of our own measures internally. And I imagine that if you are someone who saw the flyer or certainly someone in our community who cares a great deal about the people here, that it could have caused a little bit of fear and a sense of unsafety. And so I relayed that to our special agent and he was very reassuring to let us know that this profile of a crime is not something that usually escalates to any form of physical violence. And so I hope you are aware that they're continuing to monitor it that they'll be tending to it as it needs to be, um, and it's not something we need to imminently worry about. Um, and so that gave me a great deal of peace to know that they have exhausted their possibility of investigation and to know that they will continue monitoring it as it needs to be. And with that very somber note, I invite you to rise in body or spirit. We're gonna do that at the end so she doesn't cry. Uh, uh, rise in body or spirit for our closing
the benediction, we will have a postlude. We invite you to remain seated and enjoy the entirety of the postlude, and then we will have a short surprise. So remain seated beyond the postlude. Friends, go in peace and bear witness to the goodness and love of God in this world, so that those for whom love is a stranger will find in you good and kind and generous friends. Go in peace to love and serve one another. Amen. You may be seated.
I'll invite Hanja to come up and do the worst thing she could imagine in her entire life, which is not play epically on the organ, but to be in front of all of us being appreciated. Uh, Ken Pickle very graciously uh, printed a photo of you at the organ with the chancel choir, and the church spent two weeks signing it so that we go with you even as we journey this path. Um, even as you carry all of us in your heart, know that you are with all of us. And I hope that this will be a visual reminder for you that even if you're physically not here, that you're here. Um, when I first got here, I thought I was the most gifted person because I got two very cool siblings <laughs> and um, who have been instrumental in my ministry and who have continuously been people who held me down. And so thank you for being part of the trio who really helped me journey those last four years and to help the congregation experience the blessing of your ministry. And so thank you. And with that, I invite you into a coffee hour where we can all share in some more crying. Go in peace.